When Jesus spoke to the people about the shepherd and his flock, those who heard him would have understood what he was saying. I am the gate of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Those who first heard Jesus say this would have understood Jesus' words to have a deep significance. Israel's kings and God himself were spoken of as the shepherd of Israel in the Old Testament. When Yanni and I were in Rome, uh, we visited the Vatican. Uh, it was uh, very all very impressive, but not the kind of architecture and art that I, <clears throat> that I really appreciate. But on the way out, as we walked down the corridor to the exit, there was a small glass case with a model in it about 35 centimeters long and it was a gift from the Pope to the Pope from the people of Czechoslovakia. It was a sculpture in pure gold, a single shepherd walking ahead of his flock in some of, like in some of the pictures that we've seen and the flock of sheep were fanning out behind him like the wake of a boat on the water. I've seen shepherds leading flocks like that uh, when on visits to Israel. In first century Palestine, that's what the Romans called Israel, the sheep were not left to themselves in fenced areas because the grass was too sparse. They were not left alone because of the danger from wild animals and rustlers. And the shepherd cared for them, leading them to places where they would find grass and where they could be protected from danger. And each night the shepherd would count the sheep into the safety of the sheepfold. If they were far from home, the sheepfold might just be a circle of dry stone wall with uh, thorns and branches on top to keep out wild animals. And there'd be a small gap in the wall for the sheep to pass in as the shepherd counted them into the sheepfold. At night, the shepherd would light a fire and lay down in the gap to sleep. He was the door of the sheep. He was the gate of the sheep. And th through him, we are included in God's flock. We come to the Lord our God through our Lord Jesus Christ, our shepherd. Each day the shepherd would call his sheep by name. He knew them. I don't know what the names were, but there'd be Flowey and Chloe and uh, different ones. And he'd be calling them in. And each day he would lead them out to find water and pasture. And the sheep recognized the voice of the shepherd and they followed him. They would not follow someone else, just as we follow the Lord Jesus. Shepherds didn't need a sheepdog to round up the sheep because the sheep were more tame. The shepherd was always with them, their protector and their leader. He knew their names. He knew what they were like as individuals. This sheep was more easily frightened than others. Another sheep was more adventurous and might wander off by itself. And the shepherd uh, was with them. The sheep knew his voice. And when he called to them, 
they would walk behind him as he led them out to find new pasture and quiet waters, as the psalm told us. And the shepherd would carry a staff and a sling, a rod in his staff, to protect the sheep from thieves and wild animals. Jesus came that we might enjoy abundant life under God's care and protection. Jesus is the door into the sheepfold, welcoming his flock in and protecting them. He is the good shepherd. And as the sheep trust and follow the shepherd, we trust and follow our Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Normally, a shepherd might risk his life to protect the, to, to protect the flock. And that was what King David did when he was a shepherd boy. Uh, he protected his sheep from wild bears and wolves and lions with using his sling and his, uh, and his staff. And normally a shepherd would not lay down his life. In ordinary life, for the shepherd to lay down his life, the death of the shepherd would mean disaster for the flock. The, lo the flock would be scattered and killed. And we can understand Jesus' words better than those people who first heard them would have. Because we know from the story of Easter that the death of Jesus the shepherd on the cross meant life for his flock. The discussion about uh, the shepherd arose because uh, in the previous chapter, Jesus had just healed a man born blind. The Pharisees who claimed to be shepherds, leaders and teachers of the flock of Israel, when they heard about it, they instigated an investigation into the man's healing because Jesus had done it on the Sabbath. They did not have a true love for God's people and they despised the poor and the sick. Jesus compares the Pharisees to thieves and robbers. Jesus is different. He does not look out for his own interests, but for those of the flock. Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep by name and they know him. Our God is not an impersonal, vague creator force. He is personal. He knows us and we can know him. What does it mean to know someone? You could see to a group of people, do you know George? And one could say, well, I've heard of him. Another could say, well, I've heard a lot about him. I've read his book. And another can say, I know George very well. He is my friend. I would trust my life to him. It's this intimate personal knowledge of experience and loving friendship, which Jesus is calling us to. The sheep recognized the shepherd's voice and they followed him because he would, they knew that he would lead them into this abundant life, plenty of grass and water. And he would care for them. 
Jesus said, um, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. Amazingly, our relationship with the Lord Jesus is a reflection of Jesus' own relationship with the Father. Jesus knows us, each one of us, and he calls us by name. We're precious to him and he wants the best for us. We, he came that we could enjoy this abundant life as children of God and live the life in the kingdom of heaven. When we first went to uh, South America, we learned the Guarani language. It's one of the Indian languages of Paraguay. And the Guarani Indians of Paraguay were animists. And they did not have a suitable word that could be used appropriately for the name of God. And so the first translators put two words together. The word Nyande and the word Jara. Nyande means ours in the sense of all of us together. And Jara means owner. And when we speak in Guarani about the Lord our God, we say Nyande Jara. The Lord our God is our owner. We belong to him. This is very close to what King David says in Psalm 100. When David understood this. He said, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is our owner because he is our creator. We also belong to him because he has redeemed us. St. Paul tells us in Corinthians we were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. We know what the, the redemption price was. Jesus, uh, our Lord Jesus gave his own life that we might have life. Jesus told his disciples, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus did not look out for his own interests but for those of the flock. This is an important lesson for those of us who are in Christian leadership. Whether it's leadership in the church or leadership in our own families, we lay down our lives in, in service. One of the joys that we had while we were working with you in uh, Eindhoven was that uh, we saw that worked out in practice by the leaders of the church. I observed the way that they worked together in the congregation. I was thrilled when um, uh, I heard that even though you didn't have a permanent pastor, a team were going to run an alpha course in the church. What a lovely thing that was. And it thrilled me to think this is a church who is not just dependent on a, a, a leader, but they're, they're really serving the Lord from the heart. And I, I've asked uh, Xiang Ling if she would share with us some of her experience of the Alpha Course. And uh, I'm going to ask her to do that now. And uh, it's, 
I didn't ask for statistics or anything like that. It's really just uh, the, what, what was the joy of doing it. So if Shangling would come on next, and, uh, and, uh, and then we're going to watch a brief film afterwards, which I will introduce after Shangling. Hi, I'm Xiangling from Feldhoven. My heart's pounding, actually. <laughs> don't really like public speaking, but uh, so Peter emailed me and asked me, could I share a little bit about Alpha, about the joy of taking part, learning together, um, how uh, we have seen God at work, um, and there's some of highlights. So I was thinking about it, and there was a few things that uh, I recalled from past Alphas, and I thought maybe it was nice to share. So one um, impression came back to me, it was a past alpha, it was an alpha weekend and um, it used to be alpha weekends, we went away Friday, Saturday, we, we left at, on, on, on Sunday morning and uh, we all came together, ate together, now with corona we, we can't do that. So it was the, it was the end of this, uh, this particular alpha weekend and most of the participants had left, um, the team as usual stayed behind to put things back to, uh, together, clean up, debrief. And um, we're all busy with something. And for the moment, I, 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 I was doing what, something, I can't remember what anymore. And I stopped. I, I remember looking up and looking around to see what other people were doing. So there was this there were some people near the door um, saying good, their long goodbyes to the, to the people who were still le leaving, the other participants. Lady in the, in the kitchen cleaning up. Um, some people had disappeared to the, to the dorms to clean up. And, um, and then in, in, in that moment, I had I had an epiphany, a, a sort of revelation, or the best I could put it, and and all of a sudden I understood what I was seeing in front of me. I had the real sense of what it was like when the whole body of Christ, each of us, exercising our gifts and our talents um, in the spirit, working in perfect harmony to fulfill God's purpose. But we weren't, we weren't told, oh, you go do this, you go do that. You know, everybody was, I guess, in the spirit. And we all knew what our job was at that moment. And we were all in harmony. We were all working in, 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 in community. And it was, it was so nice to see and this picture. And I still have it in front of me. And um, it's this unity of purpose and God's purpose. Uh, and so when we had the debrief, I remember another time was we, we, we sang together and the, and the real sense of God's presence uh, with us, it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just so amazing. It was a blessing to be, to be part of the team. And then another time, uh, also another, Al another Alpha weekend, this time around, I was um, driving somebody to, I was driving a few people to, to the Alpha weekend uh, at the time. And I remember getting out of the car, I had my maxi cozy in my hand because I think Ella was about four months. Uh, and I was, and this other lady, uh, she was 80 years old. And she was, actually, I think she was holding me <laughs> because she was afraid I was going to fall. Uh, and again, in that moment, I had this sense, a, a revelation of how nice Alpha is. It brought generations together, four months, 80 years old, a span of what, a few generations together and this lady uh, she had grown, grown up a uh, roman catholic never read the bible because she said she was not allowed to but she told us stories about walking by protestant school uh, protestant school and the protestants would call her names <laughs> and and here she was 80 years old at an alpha weekend um all together 
and learning about God. And and it was it was it was just such a blessing. And it's just why I love Alpha so much. It brings people together. It, it it's just all of us in unity exercising our gifts. And well back to our Alpha this time round, it was online, completely online, and me of little faith said, Oh, it's not gonna work now because it's all about being together. But well, God works also online, of course. And um and tomorrow we are gonna have our very, very last uh, Alpha meeting and we'll be sharing together, having fun together. And um, it's it was really nice to see over the weeks, we've, we've been meeting 12 weeks, 13 weeks now, how the quiet ones became more and more noisy and how the noisy ones, um, yeah, we know some of the people, we know, oh, these people are gonna be noisy, but they, they took a step back to allow the, the quiet ones to become noisy. And, and so, so we formed a, a, ni a nice community. And so I'm looking forward to tomorrow when we will all come together and we will close it with, with singing in unity and harmony and worship um, of our Lord. Yeah, I think that's- Thank all. you so much, Changlan. Uh, <laughs> what a lovely thing and thank you so much. I'm so pleased I invited you to uh, share that. And I'm sure it's been a blessing to everyone to hear how God has been at work with you all. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I'd like just to introduce the the the, the short film. It's a five-minute uh, um, presentation, uh, and it's um, it's a, a, a project that Yanni and I have been praying for for the last six years, and it is taking place in Sakra, uh, Lebanon, near Tripoli on the Mediterranean coast. And the, the lady that starts it off is, uh, I think it's Emil and Reem Buzik. And uh, they are uh, working, they had been working overseas and they came back to Sacra six years ago to their home. And they found that in the olive groves all around their house were filled with tents of refugees from Syria and the war in Syria. And I'll let them explain the rest of it. So please, if we could have the film now and uh, we'll be able to watch it together. It's called The Good Shepherd Project. Yeah. 